All righty. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. We've had some technical difficulties trying to get this live stream up tonight. Apparently, Restream is down and crashing and stuff like that. So we're trying out StreamYard. Uh, I got confirmation that we are live. Um, so we are going to be using StreamYard tonight. So hopefully that's not any in the inconvenience but tonight's topic we'll be talking about helping chads find trads uh and this should be a fun topic we're going to talk about the problems with dating we're going to talk about uh sort of the solutions with dating as well but we're going to talk about in a way that a lot of evangelical channels or christian channels in general or even a lot of conservative channels kind of won't touch and we're going to you know be a little bit bolder in that sense so we have Brandon Durham on with us tonight. Brandon Durham is a return guest because um, we've had him on last year when he initially launched uh, Dominion Dating as a dating solution for Christians. So we're bringing him back on for a follow-up because September, he, I believe you went beta launch or you did a beta launch. Uh, well, you... uh, let's say we... we uh... We announced we were going to do beta, and then we didn't actually follow through with that. So we hit some bugs that are still being worked out. So sadly, we're we're still not live with our beta. So yeah. All right. So and <laughs> I, I work in software development or software testing, and one of the you know the website that I test is famous for getting launched way ahead of when it was supposed to because it had to be launched a certain date by law so uh funny when congress gets in the or sets standards that are very much unachievable but uh <laughs> live chat is most certainly welcome don't forget to like the stream as well and we're going to talk about uh again just a lot of uh stuff as as it relates to dating hopefully uh make a more bold stand uh that we're not uh, you know, used to seeing in the Christian audience. And uh, TD is here tonight, uh, beta launch for alpha males. <laughs> so I, uh, that's some encouragement, I guess. So uh, good to have you on. And Anthony is here tonight. How are you? Doing good. And one of the things that I want to have, I wanted to have Anthony on because he's a single Chad. <laughs> And, you know, you're the one pro providing the solution. I'm married, so I don't have as much uh, leverage. You know, it, it, you know, it, it's sort of easy for me to say in some regards to dating uh, versus someone who's not uh, married. So we kind of have like both perspectives uh, tonight, uh, the married and single, you know, looking back and looking forward as we discuss the topic at hand. So uh, without further ado, I think we want to get into issue one. And I had overlays set up, but that was before we had to switch to StreamYard. And issue one is, where do you find love? And that sounds like such an obvious question, but in this day and age, you know, <laughs> if you flirt at work, it could be construed as sexual harassment or even at school at times. But Theoretically, I think school is your best opportunity. And then if you go to a bar, you know, sometimes good things happen. Other times, uh, not so good people are there. So it's a tough dating pool. 
But one of the hardest things that you're seeing is f meeting people in real life as well as meeting people online. So this is a different dating environment than perhaps we've ever seen before. Uh, so uh, I guess either one of you want to tackle that first. Go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously, like the Christian, I won't say cliche Christian answer is, oh, you got to meet girls at church. And then, you know, that get, falls back into, you know, potentially sexual harassment or you just come across as very thirsty. So there's also that dynamic. Um, but the, I mean, dating landscape, I mean, I wrote about this in one of my art on my masculinity article where the landscape has changed where like you get back to the fifties and well, really majority of human his majority, if not all of human history, men had pretty much control over the dating market as far as they got to do the choosing. Uh, they had to pretty much woo the woman into it. And now of course, with online dating becoming pretty much the standard, it has essentially flipped the dynamic because the women now has to has the power to do the choosing. She can, you know, generally speaking, the women are the ones that ghost and uh, she's the one with the options on the table and not the guy, so, so to speak. So guys pretty much victim to swipe culture. There's also gender imbalance on all three on the top three dating apps. They're all super majority plus men to female. So there's an imbalance in supply versus demand. So perfect storm. Perfect storm. Yeah. I guess I would add to that. Um, I went to a Christian university. So I graduated high school in 1999. And uh, the expectation I had was I would meet my wife in college. And I was there four years and it did not happen. Um, and uh, so I would say it is a very difficult time um, to try to find a spouse. And so uh, all bets are off as far as where you're going to do that. And I think uh, it is true that people are gravitating online for many areas of life, including uh, connecting uh, relationally, networking, and looking for a, a suitable spouse. So that's why I'm getting into the, the dating game, so to speak, because I know that this is a tool and a platform for people to pursue marriage and it needs to be done better. It's not done well. It's a, it's a kind of a dark place, a discouraging place to, to be online. Yeah. Uh, just to follow up with you, cause Anthony mentioned the whole finding a girl in church option. Cause there are a couple issues with that. First of all, age range, you know, you might not have a large pool to work with here, uh, with, you know, which could lead to, you know, the next girl in the lineup or not the next girl on your horizons, like just coming out of high school or whatever. So it's like, nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. Kidding. It's like, so you're not actually, you know, the dating pool, even in a church environment could be extremely scarce. Let's just be blunt. So what, what's your kind of take on, you know, dating within the local church? Do you think that's just a trite cliche that's thrown around or? No, that's, that's perfectly reasonable in a, in a, in a sane world. In an ideal world, I guess. 
in a sane, oh. ideal world, everyone would love to meet their spouse through the trusted networks of family, friends, and church. Uh, that's a no-brainer. The problem is we don't live in that world. So, uh, right. And it seems like your solution with Dominion Dating was to kind of expand that world, at least the church aspect of it. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. If your church is healthy and robustly biblical and your pastors are teaching a biblical paradigm for marriage and family, um, then that's a fertile soil for raising up men and women who, who are ready to be married. That's uh, that church is few and far between right now. So, uh, so what we're trying to do is kind of a one, two punch. Number one, uh, we're trying to help connect these, the, the singles who are scattered abroad, right? So take the Southern Baptist, for example, um, Man, it is such a, a egalitarian denomination. Um, I, I would so so. Let's say conservatively. Let's say if there's fifty thousand churches. Let's say let's say uh, one in three churches might have one or two singles who have a biblical paradigm for dating. So that's very sparse, right? What, but what if we could pull all of these together, help them find each other on a platform that's going to uphold and honor these biblical convictions? That's so that's what so so Dominion Dating, as one example, if we could pull these godly singles together, uh, help them find each other, then that's uh, to me, that's a huge win. But then, secondly, is we do want to partner with churches um, to to teach a, a, a biblical paradigm. The the Dominion mandate, uh, for example, is all but forgotten, um, and and so we we want to teach a paradigm uh, to churches, and then uh, so that's kind of phase two for us. Uh, that's something I'm working on. It's just a. Uh, and I guess, I guess it would behoove me to ask you now: What is the biblical paradigm for dating? Well, dating should be an in, a, a wise, intentional pursuit of marriage, but not just like modern ideas of marriage. It should be a, a wise, intentional pursuit of purposeful marriage. And so uh, that's what dating is. It's the pursuit of marriage. The, the paradigm for marriage, though, is uh, the original paradigm is Genesis 1. Uh, God made them male and female. He blessed them. And um, so God gives his high and holy blessing to marriage. And it's a purposeful marriage. It's not just let's go travel the world with our two puppy dogs. It's it's be fruitful. Right. Uh, fill the earth. Exercise dominion. That's that's the paradigm. It's purposeful marriage it's fill and fashion God's world uh, according to God's way. So that's that's missing right now. Paradigm. No, nowadays it's push, push off the children. Uh, don't even have like more than one or two. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, the economy doesn't say let's have children. It says let's go Brandon instead. Right. And we're, we're definitely going to be talking about that because that's uh, issue number two is hoflation. Because in this Brandon economy, it's not just inflation we have to deal with. It's also hoflation, which is a long time coming 
in the sim culture where we have created in that I, I guess Anthony might be the more economical term way to, you know, to phrase it. But the idea is that the dating market currently overvalues women or women have overvalued themselves. And along these lines, uh, there is a video I want to show and we're going to share some screen for a second here. Uh, because I'm going to take a look at this uh, clip. This is, I, I got this off of Twitter because I just so happened to have seen this today. So let me know if you can, you can hear this, right? Yes. Um, depends where they live. I mean, if I'm like dating them, it'd be nice if they were at least making a hundred thousand. <clears throat> I have no clue. Like a million, two million. Okay, we're at ASU, you know, so you're not gonna find him here, <laughs> like fully, like adult, someone that you would consider wanting to be with the rest of your life. Three hundred k, three figures. Okay, so why is that? Just because, like, three figures. That's a stable income, I'd say. One hundred, like five hundred grand. Is that a lot? No, that's uh, five hundred. Is like no. On a good day, yeah. I mean, it depends. Okay. Uh, a lot were expensive. Yeah. Mills. 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 Shit. Mills. Okay. I don't really care. I think, I mean, I like when guys, like, pay for dates and stuff. So if a guy made 30K a year, is that something you're okay with? Yeah, that, I think that would be great. Like your husband. Oh. <laughs> husband. Oh. Yeah, I think that would be fine. If it was my I'm husband, sugar daddy. I'd be in love with him so yeah. I wouldn't really say I would have a price on that. I mean, as long as they treat me respectfully. Minimum six figures, no matter what the situation is. Even so, expensive lifestyle. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally understand. We got to get good skincare routine. You know, the whole whole nine yards. Expensive lifestyle. 120K. 80K and like maybe like 120? Okay. Yeah, I would say like 80 to 150. Over 100. Okay, that's reasonable. Once you get to a certain age, like... I was the I most know, I'm also kind of like a gold digger, so. No, um, I'm planning on just like supporting myself um, you don't with need my that, income, man. so I don't really plan on being supported by the person that I'm dating. What is the lowest you would go, though? Um, We're going to play limbo 000. here. Wow. I could have a, like a, a nice, like subtle life with like a 200000 a year, like okay. a normal group. Yeah. What's the lowest, though, that you would go for? Mills. Um, I don't think money is happy. Uh, maybe like a. Uh, it has to be. You just I said know, one I or two mil. Would you be down for eighty? Yeah, 80, 60. That'd be fine. Okay, okay, reasonable. She's in my range. <laughs> so yes, that is some hoflation. And there is a part two if you're interested in watching the part two. So, but you know, just. You know, initial thoughts on the high expectations that women, these are college age Gen Z women who, I, you know, maybe they're want to be Instagram models, but, you know, initial thoughts on their lofty expectations. Uh, that they don't know what the workforce actually does pay, or maybe some of them are just more interested in uh, basketball players or something, but I mean, again, even if it's even if that's like obviously the hyperbolic example, you still have a lot of these women that go to college and then they embrace feminism and then, you know, they 
decide they want to like get a lot of the postgraduate degrees that may or may not pay money in the workforce. So if a woman becomes like a lawyer or something, she's going to then she's like, she's going to have that mandate of saying, I ain't going to settle for someone that makes less than me. So that's another attribute that might, that might come. But I mean, those women, yeah, obviously they're looking for like rich man that'll take care of them. And I would add, um, I think there's always two ditches that you can fall into. I think for women, there's the, the gold digger ditch. You know, they've got uh, extraordinarily uh, unrealistic, you know, ideas for extravagant lifestyle. And there's very few men that are going to live up to that. Um, but the other ditch is the independent woman who doesn't want a man. And I would say, honestly, I'm more hopeful for the gold digger girls. You know, they, they want, at least they still have, uh, haven't fully denied that God given a uh, desire to have a provider. Um, I think that um, God made men to provide. And so it's, it's part of our job description and women uh, a woman in a marriage where the husband is working hard to provide stability, she's going to feel much more secure to, to, to jump into her role. So, well, the woman you mentioned that was the, uh, I don't need no man. I mean, she kind of ha had the most feminist uh, attributes. If you were to like, look at her and then come and the other women might've just been, I guess, more along, along like the ditzy uh, mm -hmm. line. So the, yeah. yeah. It, would... it kind of reminds me of a friend of mine. Uh, and Anthony, you know who I'm talking about, uh, who wanted to marry a rich guy and then I guess is dating, currently dating a rookie police officer. So, you know, good, you know, good job trying to marry rich, but, uh, it, it's just kind of like expectations and then reality. And yeah. it definitely doesn't show, you know, and then I guess the other thing I want to point out is you, you brought up the two shovels and the two ditches that they could dig. I feel like some of these girls going in there with two shovels, they want to be gold diggers, but at the same time, they also are just using that for their own independence so they can do something else so that they can just, you know, be Instagram models or social yeah. media influencers, because you know, the number one way to become a social media influencer is to be rich and moderately yeah. attractive like you look at all these people that are famous on tiktok or snapchat they they're rich kids and they're moderately attractive yeah that's basically your formula for being a uh a social media influencer mm -hmm. these days well i think that goes back to you what you said women overvaluing themselves an inflated sense of ego and uh that's only natural when our when society at the present is just constantly feeding the feminine ego. I mean, it's, it's just, that's the air we breathe. It's girl power all day long. And so um, how could you not have an inflated ego if you're growing up in that? But um, if, if I'm a, as a man, if I'm going to work my butt off to take care of a family, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do it for a wife who's walking around outdoors like a skank. I mean, those girls were dressed yeah, like and I, Gucci mamas. <laughs> Every one of them. I guess another point to bring up is like, how young do these 
girls anticipate settling down or how old are they willing to date? Are they willing or do they honestly think they're going to meet a guy their age? that's already making six figures. And yeah, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that Seinfeld episode that features uh, Bob Odenkirk as the guest star who would later become Saul Goodman. But, you know, back when he was a character actor in the 90s, he, he played an aspiring doctor on Seinfeld dating Elaine. And, you know, the idea was, you know, once he, he he wanted to become a doctor so he could meet girls. And then once Elaine did like the sex strike to help him study for a doctor, he realized that now that he's a doctor, he can get better girls than Elaine. <laughs> it's like, do these girls not realize that they're Elaine in this situation? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. How how can you think that when everyone tells you <laughs> the opposite that you're you're a goddess divine? So, so, and since I've noticed that the live stream is picking up, if you're in the chat, send chat. We'll definitely take questions because uh, this is a very casual chat. Last week we wanted to be more inter- we didn't want to be as interactive because we were trying to create some like standalone <laughs> content on Sean Foyt. But this week, you know, we're just gonna have it's going to be a little bit more chill and we're going to take questions and discuss and interact with the chats. I mean, I will uh, say my shirt kind of fits the theme of the, uh, the topic uh, crows before his. So, uh, I mean, I, I went with the uh, Archer and danger the... zone, Archer and danger zone. Cause Ar- Sterling Archer is a Chad, uh, possibly even a giga Chad, uh, but also kind of a degenerate as well. So let, let's look at a uh, part two of this phenomenon and this is the second part of the video uh, a half million i'm sticking with a hundred thousand he's gotta you know yeah this is how low they would go we're playing limbo i mean as long as they're stable like have a good job nine hundred dollars like a car and a house i i don't think like money cares like it's not that high on my list, I'd say. Well, I would probably say the lowest I can, would consider going is sixty-five thousand a year because then, like, if they're young, they have room for improvement and they can get promotions and work their way up. Would if you be comfortable young. with making more money than your guy or no? Um, probably not. No, I don't want him to rely on me. If he's still working and making money, then I don't think it really would matter if you're both putting work in. The guy who's talking to told me women shouldn't be working, so. <laughs> No. With a whole family, right? You got like four dogs, yeah. 10 kids. Uh, 10 kids is a stretch. Though. No pun intended. That was disgusting. Okay, well, I'm <laughs> expecting to make a lot of money. So okay. I'm okay with like carrying it. So you're down to be the breadwinner. Yeah. No, I wouldn't mind if I was making more money as long as they're making a lot. I think we both need to be rich and we can, you know both have a really nice lifestyle. I mean, do you care about how he would make his money, like real estate job versus, you know, a male stripper? I don't think so. Money's money. (laughs) I guess I would, yeah. So if he was like just railing chicks on OnlyFans, you'd be fine with that? I'd be a little more mad about that one. A little bit. A little bit. That's a little. (laughs) Sorry, the ADD is really, wait, what the Okay, anyways, what would happen if you, you know, started dating this guy and he told you that he had a lot of money, whatever, and then you later found out he was broke? I'd leave him. He's a liar. And he's broke. I'd leave yeah, him. Yeah, he has, like, no broke. motivation to fix it. Or he's like, I've been selling feet pics nonstop on my OnlyFans, and I'm, I swear to God, I will be making 100K by the end of the year. 
Never gonna maybe a hundred dollars. Does that? <clears throat> Probably like blackmail him, maybe cry a bit. What? Yeah. Leak <laughs> his dick pics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, Ryan Long. Ryan Long did a. a that is hellflation for you. Ryan Long did a comedy clip on uh how male only fans models need need uh paycheck equality or whatever because they're not making as much money as the women. Yeah. These girls are in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe how much of that do you think is just, you know, them being shock jock, you know, how you were asking a bunch of guys, they would talk about how they want the big booty Latina if you're Alex Stein or you know, how much of that is just, you know, they're being a little bit shock jockish versus how much of that is their genuine expectations? Well, I would say, I would say most girls that age aren't even taught to even think about marriage. So probably that's the first time anyone's even asked them that question. So I don't know how much thought they could have put into it, but I mean, if you were to, flip the question i mean women in general would want the provider kind of innate that's why that's why the money is being asked to them like you know you ask a bunch of dudes and you know their first thing is going to be yeah. somewhere along the lines of looks and obviously looks i mean you can say oh beauty's on the inside but at the end of the day uh physical appearance does have attributes that are favorable towards childbearing in the eventual long run someone that's unhealthy externally is you know not and we can't discount that physiognomy is a real thing. I mean, it's not a hundred percent, but you know, it, it's a real thing. Sure. Uh, but along those lines, I, I watch a lot of dating stuff like this video that I stumbled across, which was retweeted onto my feed, but I, I you know, on Snapchat, there's a lot of dating stuff on there. Uh, you know, I tend to watch that. I, I kind of like that, like this stuff as a guilty pleasure. Cause I'm a bit of a romantic, but one of the things I remember watching was like, you know, if someone was making bank, you know, six figures, but they're five, three. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, six figures isn't six figures anymore. So oh, yeah, I, I think there, there's like, there's a double whammy on the expectations. One expectation is money. The other expectation is height as if you're trying to be the quarterback of a NFL football team. Yeah. Well, those do correlate, though. I mean, I think I've read studies where tall people tend to surpass shorter people in business world as well, right? So there are some crossover I mean, traits. Yeah, that, and, you know, you look at, uh, you know, look at the Arizona Senate race right now, and they just had a debate, and Blake Masters is a tower over, mm -hmm. uh, what's that, uh, Mark Kelly. And Mark Kelly probably should have requested the stool when being up on a debate stage next yeah. to Blake Masters. It was the same thing that, you know, Mitt Romney was kind of tall, so he stood out. Uh, you know, the, the height matters. Trump is tall, so that helps him out a lot mm -hmm. uh, on a debate stage and stuff like that. So you're you're right that there is a height thing, and I guess that does correlate the physiognomy. But uh, uh, on the, so, well. but on the on the money issue though um i just i read an article um across different dating platforms when they survey women that's still a very big factor in what women are looking for uh even in our hyper feminist day they still want that's still a huge 
factor. They want a man who's going to provide for them, give them a st stable life. And that's, that's a testimony to the way God has ordered society, <laughs> ordered mankind, because uh, feminism has given its best shot to totally eradicate gender distinctions. Uh, and yet it still persists. So that should tell us it's, it's ingrained, you know? I mean, I guess the question is, you know, first of all, I, I understand that there should be a provider expectation. However, th these girls aren't looking for a provider. They're looking for a sugar daddy. Right. And, well, so, yeah. Well, uh, think along those lines, right. like how much is enough to, how much is providing and how much is excess? Yeah. And there, that's yeah. not compartmentalized. Well, I would say feminism, uh, women who embrace the feminist ideology, they're their own worst enemy because deep down they want a man to provide, but they have made it so hard for men to provide. Uh, first of all, there's more women entering college and the workforce now than men. So they're taking jobs <laughs> from men, but then saying they want men to provide. Uh, but then also with, with the rise of women uh, really inundating the workforce, even to the point that it's been flipped on its head. Um, that, that means the, the, the market itself is, is adjusting. So you talked about a, a hoflation. I, I, I talk about a feminist tax. We all pay a feminist tax because uh, the market, the market knows that it can uh, bear more when there's dual income homes as the norm. So the cost of living yeah. through the roof right now. I mean, it's so, doubled in the last I don't know, 70 years. The cost yeah. of living in the United States has pretty much doubled. Yeah. And that's, and that's before we factor in and that. We would have said that a couple of years ago, let yeah. alone the worst inflation we've ever seen. Right. That was before Joe Biden screwed it all up. <laughs> but but yeah, it's hard right now for uh, a man, even if you've got like a master's or doctorate, it's hard to find a job where you can take good care of a wife and kids and give that stability. Um, it's very hard. And then um, what that means is, is there are very few men who are high earners right now uh, compared to the number of women going after those men. So, so most of right. these girls, most of these girls, uh, it's a pipe dream that you're going to have mean, sugar daddy, you know, cause you know, Tom Brady is coming on the market soon. Yeah. That's one guy. And all these girls are going to be chasing after one guy. It's just now he, he yeah. has a favorable market and Jeff Bezos, I guess is on the market. Uh, yeah. Bill Gates is on the market, but he's in the Epstein Island. So, yeah. Eh. I don't know if they want that because Melissa Gates apparently got tired of that. Um, yeah. But so there's a couple of rich billionaires and obviously we can't forget about Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, even if you miss your opportunity with Musk, just wait a couple of years. Um, but well, the one part we haven't talked about is like blue collar, white collar. I mean, a lot of yes. these women, if the blue collar guys making a, hundred grand they're still probably not as interested as they would be if you if it were a business uh you know business dude you know like myself you know an accounting kind of thing where you know difference between you know lawyer making 100 g versus a plumber or truck driver or anything along those lines so, and ironically what's 
who has the higher divorce rates. I'm pretty sure lawyers have a higher divorce rate than mm -hmm. uh, the plumber that's making a hundred grand. I don't know if there's any data on that, but if you're talking about high divorce professions, uh, you're usually talking about someone that's in that carries a gun for a living, uh, law enforcement or secret service, especially long hours or, you know, people that just work. Yeah. Again, really long hours, but or another work, <laughs> another long hours at, late at night with their a secretary. <laughs> now, another thing Boys. that, was said in those videos and the girls accidentally or instinctually, you can choose which one they are. They're in accidentally or instinctually right about one thing is that they want the guy to make more money than them. That not only ties back into kind of like wanting a provider, but statistically that bears out because like, if we're talking about the number one factors of a divorce, it, you know, and these aren't causal uh, but they're correlated factors is women making more than the man. That is a huge uh, factor correlated to divorce. No college educated women initiate like 90% of divorces. So uh, of divorces in their situation. So if the woman is married there's, and the marriage goes into a divorce, 90% chance it's the woman that started it. I think it's emasculating for the man to not be able to take care of his family and he's he's in a, a a market right now that rolls out the red carpet for women um in fact uh if you're a woman you get to go to the head of the line in, in so many ways just because of intersectional politics so that's hard for men it's emasculating to not be able to take care of your Family And I think for women, this whole idea of hypergamy comes into play. Women don't, uh, women can lose respect for men when they're not fulfilling their roles adequately, even providing. So I would say it's just about inverting the God given order and things. You naturally are going to lose some respect uh, and maybe have some resentment there. Yeah, and it, it definitely shows. The uh, one distinction might that might overcompensate might just be an age differential. Um, just that you know the that that college woman that's uh, saying she want a guy that makes a hundred G is probably going to be swiping right on people maybe let's say five years older than her. So that might be what what how the difference in income is broken down because the college they might not go with someone their age it's or maybe a year older that graduated college or is in the entry level job so they'll go with someone a little further down in their career path and that's how the difference will be uh, reconciled but at the same time you're still leading i mean you're still going or you're still continuing a trend where the average age of marriage continues to increase yeah and yeah so one of the things, and these are just all factors that are being contributed to because of the overarching feminist thing, but I want to shift the conversation now in a different direction because hoflation is directly tied to simp culture because the men are, you know, they can't control themselves and they're fe feeding this environment. They're feeding this. And they're basically 
creating a feedback loop of this hoflation cycle that we're seeing. It's, you know, hyperhoflation, as it's called. And part of why this is going on is because men cannot put down the like button on a photo on social media. And, you know, following and let's be real, even in politics, you see the same simp culture. Why do we care what Tulsi Gabbard has to say? Why do we care? Why, you know, why do we let Christy Noem off the hook for, uh, you know, opposing women's sports and basically supporting transgenderism one year and then the next year she doesn't because, you know, and then we just let, let her off the hook for that. And we, we in generally everywhere you see a lot of pretty women held to a much lower standard and it's because guys are holding them to that standard. They're holding them to a lower standard and it doesn't matter. Like, uh, it, yeah, I'm going to make fun of conservative media a lot here because we, you know, there are so many people that are just so underqualified, but because they're attractive packaging, they get gigs. So it's just one of the things that just drives me nuts. So simp culture fuels this, and that's why there's OnlyFans. Like five years ago, did you know what an OnlyFans was? Do I know what it is? Five years ago, like, did you know when OnlyFans no. was? I think I've probably this past year when I when it came on my radar. I, I believe over a year ago, I wrote an article about a potential simpocalypse because OnlyFans was contemplating uh, going away from mainly settling pornography. Uh, because again, the hardest part about running a porn industry is the financial uh, transacting side of things. It's not actually the supply and it's certainly not the demand. And typically when it comes to vice, which, you know, social media, girls posting uh, skanky pictures on social media for likes, you know, I put the, I, I believe that vice is more on the supply response. The responsibility falls more on the supply side than the demand side. Uh, if someone's selling drugs on a street corner, you know, they're the ones creating the temptation. Mm -hmm. Supply, yeah. Supply drives. Vice. Yeah. So that's one thing that has to be kept talked about. And I think we have talked about that. But the demand side is that men are fueling this. Yeah. They're paying, they're simping for women who are like sixes. They're, you know, uh, white knighting in the comments section. Men are doing all this. They're fueling this. It's I mean, this, yeah. Go I ahead. mean, one thing I saw is uh, one of the biggest deals in college sports is uh, Olivia Dune, who's the LSU gymnast. And again, she has a NI name, image, and likeness deal that's worth more than a million. So, and she, and that's because she's like hot and has 5.7 million followers on Instagram. So, mm -hmm. I mean, again, even for someone like that, I mean, how much, I mean, for someone like that or someone that's very like obsessed with their TikTok game, which I imagine a lot of those girls in that video are into TikTok, into Instagram, they have it all. And there's not necessarily a man out there that can give you the attention that you can get from, you know, getting a million views on a TikTok video, mm -hmm. even though a million views is 
pretty uh, not much nothing because video if a video repeats that's like two or three views getting added. I, yeah. I think social media, the rise of social media, and I would say the rise of internet porn over the last ten years, it has trained men like or trained us like seals or dogs <laughs> to to um, seek this unreal fantasy with with women and so um it's uh it, and then and then women have been trained to seek that approval and attention from men so it is a loop and it just self-perpetuates and it's uh it, it's so how do you stop an object once it's in motion it's hard to stop it um right uh, it's it's going to get worse, I think. <laughs> so, and that's the problem. And I, I guess I want to ask you about uh, Dominion dating for a second. How does Dominion dating kind of weigh wade into the economics of dating as we've kind of described it here? Oh gosh. Uh, for, well, first of all, uh, you're talking to a guy that hates online dating. I hate online dating with a passion. I did it for 10 plus years. I, I did probably a dozen different online dating sites. And uh, it's, it is a dark, creepy, demoralizing world for men and women. It's, it's, it should be your last option, honestly. Uh, but when people run out of options and you're not you're not, you're just stuck in a static state of singleness. You're not meeting people in your local context and you've, your, your networks have run dry on you and you need somewhere to turn. So we're really trying to do online dating differently. My main goal with Dominion dating is, is uh, twofold. One is, is a better dating pool. So, um, quality over quantity, uh, instead of sifting through a thousand or 10,000, um, loser profiles for men or women, uh, I would rather you, you get to dial in your search, uh, according to, you know, your convictions, your, your geographical, you know, location, uh, just, you know, have some controls on your search and, and, and have quality men or quality women, uh, to to talk to and to find a fit find the right fit for you a good fit um, and then secondly once you once we do have a a quality dating pool uh, we want to have a process that gets you gets you out of there so online dating is hard because you're doing it uh, through so many layers of, of buffers um, that make it hard to really know who you're talking to so email and and private messaging uh from long distances i mean that's so one-dimensional you can't know someone through an email uh you really can't know someone through a screen so i mean manti Teo learned that the hard way what's that manti Teo learned that the hard way <laughs> who did <laughs> Sorry. manti Teo, the uh, linebacker for notre dame what happened, happened with him uh he was a heisman trophy candidate uh -huh. 10 years ago they made a documentary about him recently on netflix but he was this was the first high profile instance of catfishing yeah 
So it's a real thing. Um, I mean, like I'm sitting here right now because <laughs> I couldn't get my light figured out um, because that shines in my eyes. But but literally, you don't know what I look like <laughs> because I don't have a light shine on me. Um, and and a lot of there's a lot you can hide behind a screen. Um, and so getting people in person in real life, uh, that's where real dating starts. Most people think that's the finish line. Uh, you know, they have this long, lengthy email exchange. They Skype for a few months and they think, oh, I'm at the finish line. Uh, finally going to meet the parents, meet my finally going to we're finally going to meet in person. No, that's where it starts. <laughs> I mean, you know, so we want to get you there sooner than later. But uh, but that comes back to just trying to do dating in a wise, intentional way. So that's. uh that's what we're trying to do. Uh, I think that probably was a long way around your question. Cause I think you're talking. No, I, I think you answered the question pretty well. And I mean, I guess the, the dilemma with any dating site is having women on your site. Cause you know, you don't have to, you don't have to search very far for a bunch of dudes, single dudes that are looking for women, but yeah. Gotta... And even dudes that are single for a reason. <laughs> Let me give you an anecdote though. Um, so, so Mars Hill Church, right? The infamous Mars Hill Church, uh, which is no longer exists. But um, I read Mark Driscoll's book, Reformational Rev. I don't know if you read that book, but no, but I don't read churchy books. Often. <laughs> but he tells a story of a woman pastor, right? Which is <laughs> anyways, yeah. uh, and she was not married and she started coming to his patriarchal church on Wednesday on, on Sunday evenings. And, and, and she just kept coming and he asked her, why, why are you coming? You hate, you hate what we're about. Why do you come? And her answer was, everyone knows all the best men are here. <laughs> and so he wanted a good man. I, I honestly think uh, the difference we're trying to do is, is, is you, you can have a dating site flooded with a bunch of dudes and that will deter women because women are tired of, of simps and white knights and losers and catfish. But if you get a dating site that's populated uh, and reputably populated by the best men, uh, I believe you will attract the best women. And I, and I think uh, that's, that's what we're gunning for. So we're trying to, we're trying to, to repel people who have no business dating and we're trying to attract people who ordinarily would shy away from it. Um, and, and we've had, a, yeah. And, and it's interesting that, you know, the Mark Driscoll anecdote is, you know, somewhat of an operating, I don't want to say mantra, but operating thought in the periphery of what's going on here, you know, have the best men, the women will come. And that's just so, that's such a paradigm shift right earth shattering to what we're used to because usually it's the other way around that's why you have ladies night at the bar or right yeah usually usually uh most marketing skews feminine we're actually we skew our marketing slightly masculine i mean even the the name dominion is a has masculine overtone because we were we're going after men we're we're telling men uh we don't want simps and white knights here. We want real dudes here, masculine guys that are getting it. I mean, like, 
like guys who bring home the bread, guys who are strong and fit, um, you know, not where <laughs> you don't have to hide or tone down your masculinity on our dating site that uh, we, we see masculinity as a, as a plus as a God, God given. So right thing. I guess walk me through the screening process as I recall, because you've been on here before and probably answered these same questions. Then I do actually have the same questions that I asked you in front of me then, but there, I can't read my own handwriting at times. I so, uh, as I recall, it required a screening process to where you kind of apply to be on, and that even included a church reference. Correct? Yeah. Is that still a thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have we have an application process where you have to you you have to give a, a consent agreement to our our statement of faith, which includes three parts: um, historical Christian orthodoxy, gendered piety. Uh, and then a commitment to personal holiness, and then you have to get a pastoral reference verified. So that that actually, when you apply, you'll enter your pastor's contact info, and and it'll automatically send him a reference. He'll he'll quickly. It's like two minutes. He'll fill it out and submit it. We'll we'll review it, and we'll approve you. So the whole idea is. Is we want men and women who are in biblically uh, sound churches, and they are under authority. We don't want people. We don't uh, want rogue Christians who hate authority and hate accountability and just want to live uh, unto themselves. We want people who li live God's way. So, so well, I guess part of. Oh, like if go. I were to like maybe levy an objection, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm probably on the uh, the good end, the positive, oh, the shameless end, honestly, <laughs> of uh, being willing to openly talk about online dating in public and just all the struggles and the hoes and, you know, the pitfalls. I mean, I don't know or think women are necessarily on that level yet out as far as publicly. Uh, so I guess, but, you know, you know She-Hawk had jokes about dating in your 30s and swiping on tinder so what what so, sorry what what's guess, the uh, does what's the objection though or the, does the rigorous screening process because again you're busy. <laughs> hi pastor i'd like to sign up for said dating app oh uh, you're saying that, a woman might be more deterred by that process than a man i would i would say yes because a guy might be more you know open about i mean, I mean I guys are more shameless on you know talking well, about online dating well, but but I would just say this. Um, the, to me, there's a line in the sand between the traditional woman, the trad, and the modern woman. Um, so, and that's so that's the line we're we're trying we're trying to draw a line in the sand. I mean, again, uh, the name of the stream is helping Chad's find trads, and you're talking about just attracting the trads. Yeah. So, so what? what that's that is the. You could say that's the quintessential uh, mark of a trad is is they value patriarchal, masculine, uh, protective uh, authority, uh, a hedge of protection. Uh, they value their fathers. They value their pastors. And so the trad girls, they um, I think this is a feature, not not a not a distraction for them. Uh, 
that that's what we're banking on. Now, if, I, I would just say to, at the end of the day, um, if, if you want to be married bad enough, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to do whatever it takes. So most people that, that I've met that are in, doing on de- online dating, they're, they're on, they'll try 10 different sites, uh, but they're not, uh, they're not, if they're not willing to, to get to, so what I'm saying is that to me, that's one of the downfalls of online dating is people, they approach it as individuals completely disconnected from community. Um, I mean, and they keep it all private. So these girls get on online dating and, and, and guys too, and, and you keep it all private and that's dangerous. Like you can burn your house down doing online dating. Uh, you, you can, you can go home pregnant if you're a girl. I mean, it's like, that's the point. Online dating needs to be brought out of the dark. It needs to be brought back into community. Um, right. you, you shouldn't have a guy come fly in that you've never met, flying from another state or, or drive in from four hours away, and you're going to spend the weekend together getting to know each other. You shouldn't do that secretly because that's a recipe for for a lot of regret and heartache and, and just, you know. Uh, right. It's not. It's not wise. So, I, yeah. I want to bring up the right stuff, which is supposedly tr- an app trying to, you know, court conservatives to create a yeah. conservative dating pool. And I just, you know, let's kind of check out their prime marketing Ooh. material. And All right. React to that. <laughs> oh man. Today, we brought in a group of conservative young women and wanted to get their honest opinions about what they're looking for in the guys they date. What are you looking for in a partner? They just have to be a conservative. Definitely someone that wants to have kids. I like an independent man. Personally, I like the alpha male vibe. I want a man who really loves his family. Definitely someone whose faith is important to them. For me, it's someone who actually wants to meet my parents. Why do you want to date a conservative? For me, at least I know that we're going to start off with some shared values. Well, the conservative men I've dated at least know how to treat me like a woman. In my personal experience, conservative guys have better manners. I like that they understand their role in the relationship as a man. I just prefer my men to be masculine. And what's the biggest red flag when it comes to dating? A Democrat. No Democrats. A Democrat. Can't be a Democrat. A Democrat. That's easy. A Democrat. No Democrats. So no. (laughs) Find the right match. Download the right stuff today. So initial thoughts. I mean, the sad part is Peter Thiel is supposed to be like this tech guy this big tech investor and that's the best he can do. I mean, honestly, he's approaching it the well, wrong way. You got, yes. And surprisingly, he's not a Rick Grinnell, like conservative gay of trying to gay the Republican party kind of gay, but like he back, he's backing like Ted Cruz and you know, JD Vance as far as like candidates. Like back. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I think you should act, you should like the approach should be actually be more subtle than just conservative and just beating that hammer down. It should actually be, I like guys without pronouns in their bio and just attack that, attack that angle. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not. So there's like 8,000 dating sites online. I mean, it's, it's funny. There's so many dating sites flooding the market right now. The only one that anyone has had a problem with so far is Dominion Dating. <laughs> I mean, people roasted the right stuff. So well, I mean, they, yeah. So they, there's they some, got roasted. There's some there's some stuff that is roast worthy with them, and and you mentioned one is the fact that they're a cons they're a conservative uh, dating site that's funded by a openly homosexual man. So <laughs> that's I mean, like. Again, that's that could be an angel investor or a venture capital thing. So I well, won't judge too much into that. Well, I would just say if your enemy, if 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 your enemy is funding you, <laughs> you're probably not much of a threat to the enemy. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I I just thought that that was completely vacuous. Well, to me, it reminded me of Fox. Uh, they're they're hiring Bruce Jenner <laughs> as a conservative outlet it's just conservatives conservatism doesn't mean anything right now and that's what i'm you know that's my point is if you have an openly homosexual man who wants to back you what does conservatism even mean so what are you conserving i mean this guy is married to a dude so uh i, I, I don't, don't know if he's married or not but well yeah i don't I, mean, see, peter, I don't yeah yeah i think peter Thiel's an interesting character just because uh I'm trying to remember whether he's a guy that like ousted uh, Gawker or whatever. Yeah, and, I believe so. Yeah. Okay, so he's the guy that did that. And he's an interesting character because I think he's more of a libertarian, but apparently, you know, he hates the establishment. So it might be more of a co-belligerency. Yeah. But I, yeah. I just, you know, that's sort of his product. But it, at the same time, it's just too vacuous to really take seriously. Yeah, that's what well, I'm saying. And that's yeah. them putting their best foot forward. That's why, like I said, they have, to, like, on my Hinge profile, I, I, I slap down pronouns because, like, I want to say 40% of the girls on yeah. that site have pronouns in their bio, yeah. so I'm just throwing a slap their way. And that one actually gets a lot more uh, love. I get a lot more love and hate on that on that particular prompt. So I think that would be the better play. Wait, what do you mean by prompt? The voice prompt? Because doesn't Hinge No, no, I don't do prompt. voice prompts because that's dumb. Um but the pro because they don't do have a prompts. voice for radio is what you're saying. I don't know. I just I don't listen to anyone's voice prompts, so I, I'm not going to put one on there. Well, I, I just think uh, at the end of the day, if you listen to that commercial, it's such a low bar. Yeah, it's such yeah. a low bar. What what what's the one thing they don't want? A Democrat. So okay, again, well, yeah. So I'm so. So th th then that means nothing because because uh, I guarantee you after uh, there's going to be a, a million Democrats who after they try every other dating site, they're going to decide they're Republican and they're going to get on that site. <laughs> they're going to identify as Republican. Just yeah, like I mean, identified as a woman yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and if their backer is openly gay. Uh, how long is it before they totally are just onboarding, you know, men looking for men, women? So now, I'm just saying yeah. they, they haven't that part that yet. Right. But, 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 enough is like you look so, at the religious screenings like, yeah, you can put in Christian. 
Obviously, that doesn't mean as much as you would like. And but you know they have every other religion on there as well. Yeah. So well, yeah. I just think if you follow if you follow conservatives, they're always ten years behind Democrats, liberals. They're, we're just we're just conservatism is just riding the slow bus, but they're going to the same destination. You can look at eHarmony. eHarmony started out as a quote unquote Christian dating site. Oh really? Uh, yeah. In fact. My understanding is the founder was Christian or something. Yeah, it had, you know, 10 years ago when I was on, it had a reputation as being distinctly Christian, even even though they didn't overtly state that. But now they're completely running ads for lesbian couples. So, you know, it's it's just a matter of time. Maybe they were Methodists. <laughs> there you go. Future domestic violence. Uh... Yeah. Anyways, so... I, um, I, hey, it's it's a market, right? So I think there's a market for non-woke, and that's what they're going for. They're trying to say we don't do intersectional politics, all that. Um, I think they'll get traction, but I wouldn't. I, you wouldn't catch me on there. I, to me, they're just one more flavor of the same problem. Which I is, mean, I wasn't shameless enough to give it a give it a trial run, <laughs> and he's shameless. <laughs> yeah, and you're shameless, man. So yeah. I guess they don't quite. I mean, you know, make the bar, but so I, I guess along well, the those other lines... problem is it's not necessarily the woman having a problem finding a conservative guy. It's the guy having a problem finding the conservative girl. So there the problem go. is entirely reversed because again, a hot conservative babe is a hot commodity. So, I mean, it's she's a probably getting a bunch of sausages like in her feed, swiping right on her yeah, she's, and she's she gonna... knows her value, so to speak. Yeah. And the hoflation strikes again because again, well, that's also more of a supply and demand than a hoflation thing, just because, you know, what is the most liberal demographic white college educated women? And I, yeah, well, I can tell you this, I guarantee you aren't married single white college educated women. That is the most liberal demographic in this country. Yeah. And I can guarantee you it will reflect in the way the women dress on that site. These, the, the conservative women on your average dating site, including conservative Christian women, they dress like prostitutes. Uh, they, they, they are like leaving nothing to the imagination because they think that's the way they're going to get a guy. Um, and so that's what you're going to have on that site. It's just going to be like every other site. It's going to be, look at me, look at me, give me attention. Actually, um, I think you can kind of tell based on if you had, I mean, not saying you'd be batting a thousand, but I think, you know, more often than not, you can tell um, someone's politics based on how they dress, particularly if they're on the physiognomy, if they're white. Um, now, speaking of how you dress, I don't know if you heard about this. Christian Cafe apparently is taking heat for saying you have to disclose your body type and fashion sense on their dating site. I, I I imagine you might have experience with Christian Cafe since you've said you've done like no, everything. No, uh, the only... no I, I was talking to Brandon there. I'll let you, you in on like a, everything. I'll let you in on a secret. Data. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. All right. And this is for Anthony, the single chat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I met my wife on Christian Cafe. Okay. So they're uh, and you can story. do a free a free ten day trial. So get on there, man. <laughs> Um, I just don't think a lot of 
even younger. I mean, the problem is getting young younger people to even pay because I mean, obviously, you can just. I mean, yeah, there's Download some dude a out there app for free. There's yeah, yeah, there's some people out there that are getting the uh, Tinder Gold, so to speak. But odds are, most people aren't paying subscribers. And, yeah, and well, they're young. Well, and you don't actually have to to pay. Sorry, my dogs are barking. You can do the free 10-day trial, and then you're on there, right? And then if someone uh, emails you and you want to, you can reactivate your account. But (laughs) otherwise, you can just leave your pole in the water fishing metaphor there. (laughs) Not a different metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) And that it's interesting. But I, I actually thought that was a pretty based move by the people at Christian cafe to, you know, say to be honest that people have screening factors that they aren't ready to admit, but we all know that they have them. So we're just going to make people come clean about it. I actually thought that was a pretty respectable, uh, I'm not entirely sure what response to that controversy. Uh, style works. Okay. Okay. Do you remember that meme that I sent about, uh, you know, I want a goth girl, and then the Chad's like, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, to... I, 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 didn't I send you that meme at one I'm point? Not, ta- I'm not sure. It, it was a you know one of your standard Chad memes. I was like, I want I want to date a goth girl, and then it's like you know presents a goth girl, and it's like I'm scared <laughs> because you know she's got like a bunch of piercings and dresses in all black and stuff. I mean, like I that. think it's from like, five pictures, you can get a sense of how someone dresses and, you know, maybe bikini, other features bikini, as well. Bikini next to other girls in the bikini. Yeah. <laughs> dress. Well, see, so. Short Well, dress. the bikinis yes. are, are one thing. Then you get the outfits that are kind of sluttier than a bikini. It's, it's kind of weird. And then we're, we're going to have a general, you know, a general body type category so you'll i don't know what this even means <laughs> i thought that was funny i don't want to date a fat girl because i'm pro-life pedro uh, coming in based in the chat there <laughs> and then uh ISIS is conservative i mean if you're talking about you know bush conservative because you know who created isis was you know bush conservatives but there you go. <laughs> yeah and then uh, also from Pedro, secular society is basically turning into an orgy as far as sexual mora- morality goes. And I think, you know, oh, again, I, you're seeing a lot more of those dating stuff that I talked about earlier. They're promoting a lot of these orgy type relationships. And oh, again, I, I watch this in part because of the guilty pleasure. But the ar- other part is I need to know what's coming down the pike, so to speak. You know, you, you know we can't afford you know, any person that was like i didn't know what transgenderism was two years ago it's like bruce jenner was 2015 bro woman of the year yeah that was 2015 2016 like there's no excuse for uh not knowing what it is in 2019 so oh, oh okay Pedro oh, the says problem the- women are more likely to miscarry so i wouldn't want to marry someone obese i i think yeah, again uh, i thought it was about men a- when it comes to men, like what we're attracted to is actually a lot more tied to biology. Uh, but even men, if you look at the statistics, men are a lot more forgiving on women's looks because, you know, we have a standard bell curve in terms of what we find attractive, whereas women find, you know, 
here it's a bathtub curve. You know, you're either a one or a two or a nine or a ten. You know, depending on whether you're their type. But guys are a lot more forgiving about type than women are. It's pretty interesting. But I, but I, I, would, I would, I would say that's still the line in the sand on that is trad women versus modern women. Um, there's a there's a book called the Evangelical Divide. And it, it, and it contrasts the true woman to the new woman. And so I would say, I would say uh, traditional women. So for example, I spent four years in Taiwan and women there are very traditional. Um, they marry young. Now they're westernizing, so they're becoming modern, but, but still compared to the U.S. And if you, if you take a ride through Taipei city, for example, on the, on their public transit, Man, you will see uh, beautiful women with very average dudes. I'm talking, in some cases, many cases, the women are taller than them. And like you would. I mentioned income disparity as a correlating factor for divorce, but it's also read another correlating factor for like happiness in a relationship is if the girl is more attractive than the guy. Uh, so it's so, kind of interesting. Yeah. Why do you think Tom Brady's getting divorced? Because he's more attractive than Giselle. So right. So I would and say she makes more than him. Yeah. So here, yeah. so here's this. So this is my theory. And uh you can email me if you want to argue, <laughs> disagree, but this all is rooted in in women. Uh they want security, they want stability. They, they want a happily ever after they, they want, they, they don't want to their guy to run around on them later in life uh, when they lose a step. So I think women, women like to date a guy that's really a rung below them in the attraction department. I, I've seen that pattern all over the world. I've lived in Europe and I've I mean, lived in, in Asia and U S you know, I think, I think if, if a woman if a woman is a seven or eight, she wants to date a five or a six. That's <laughs> act, I think that's actually like a thing. That what you're talking about is like dating like within one or two of your of your ranking. So an eight. Yeah. So if you're yeah. like a five, unless you win like a lottery, you're not getting a ten. But you might yeah. get a seven. Or seven is maybe getting a nine. If not, you're settling your your Okay, how do you explain Pete Davidson? Um that I've, guy's heard, a two. I've heard I've heard things about him below the belt. That's all. I, that's <laughs> well. I've heard. So, I've heard pe- yeah. comedians make uh, jokes. On I'm that just saying. I don't know how you explain that one. I don't know who he is. Uh, he's like the weird-looking SNL comedian. He was uh, getting with who uh, Hollywood keeps trying to force down our throats, even though it's like I'm not going to think. I like when I've seen SNL with him on it, which uh-huh. is few and far between and several years ago he was half funny <coughs> i mean i think well, and i'm just ranking them as a talent from what i can tell like i thought two people okay these people are genuinely funny that's not to say that their skits are funny yeah you know like some well, of them me, singer but their music's terrible it might be that well, yeah so i would i would funny. say i would say this men and women uh are as far as physical looks go there's not a whole lot you can do other than exercise Diet, take care of yourself, right? Um, get a good haircut, wash your face. 
<laughs> whatever. Uh, but there's other things men and women can do to make yourself more attractive. Uh, for men, it's earn more money. Uh, it's 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 your your character, leadership. You can learn to wield authority, be a good leader. Uh, for women, um, being a helper, <laughs> being a pleasant personality, uh, uh, an encourager, supportive, that makes your attraction level go up. So smiling you know, more. Is that what, yeah. is that what I heard? That's, yeah, well. yeah, which is why feminists are so unbearable. They don't smile. They're not happy. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, don't, no one wants to be around that. Um, and, you know, I'm a jovial personality to be around. So it's like can relate. And yeah. And laughter. If you can make your, your girl laugh, she's going to, that's points, man. Your, your, your score's going up. <laughs> Have a exactly. sense of humor. I mean, yeah, I mean that's definitely not why Pete Davidson's getting all these girls. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, look at rappers, crazy. man. Rappers, there's some ugly rappers out there. Jay Z. Yeah, and they get girls, but I think that's I think that's the money and the fame. Girls, that's that's what gold diggers like, I guess. But uh, <laughs> um, it might yeah, I might have to go back to gold digging. I don't know how tall he is. I don't think he's that tall though, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, it, a lot of this is biological, and then we just gotta uh, just kind of circumvent and basically adjust to the field. And you know, part of what you're talking about is creating a screened dating pool of quality and not quantity. Uh, if you're in the chat, just feel free to send some questions, co random comments, and because uh, I don't know if we have too much more to say, but let, let's just talk about. Uh, uh, Dominion dating for a second and just how can people kind of get in touch with that? Um, well, as you know, we're the, we're, we're the worst dating site in the history of dating sites because we just keep not launching. So, um, so thank you to our backers for being patient. That's one and thing. I, I have both links in the description below, like the one that's the backer link and the other, that's the, uh, the, the main site. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you want to, if you want to go and check out what we're doing, it's dominiondating.com. If you want to go to our crowdfunding site and you can still get a, you know, a, a discount dating uh, subscription, but uh, that's dominion.dating. So eventually both of those domains will direct uh, directly to our main site. We're about to shut down our crowdfunder site. And both but, those uh, domains are in the description below. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Matt says, uh, happily married to a hot trad wife from Christian Cafe. Oh, there you Way go. To go, bro. Way uh, to go. That's two. So, yeah. uh, let's see. That's awesome, Here's a question from Pedro. How long do you think it will be until closed relationships are stigmatized by the mainstream culture? Now, this, again, has to go back to the simp culture phenomenon because, again, you know, there's that wouldn't let that shit happen to me, though, type of mentality that guys have about seeing another guy getting cucked. And the whole open relationship mentality is, you know, you're you're basically let letting, you know, someone spit roast your wife. And, you know, most guys are not going to be down for that. No, territory. There's something ter instinctually territorial against this idea. Like, you're, so I don't think it gets mainstream. I don't think that's a sustainable degeneracy. Feminism is in its death throes right now. I mean, the corpse is going to run around and dance a little bit, 
a little longer, maybe a decade or so. But you know what? Um, we're sick of it. All, all men are sick of, of the emasculating cultural um, moment we're in. Um, we saw Will Smith get utterly yes. humiliated uh, and it, and he slapped the he slapped Chris, Chris Rock with the joke, but he should have slapped himself because he's the one that let it happen. He's the one that that married a loser feminist woman who sleeps around on him, and he's the one that caved to with his son's best friends or something like that. Yeah, he's, he's the sad. one. He's the one who who put his tail between his legs because culture told him. Uh, that it's oppressive to expect your wife to be faithful to you. So this is utter insanity that we're in yeah. right now, and it's not going to last. Uh, I think yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. We make we made Will Smith the butt of his joke because his marriage is open to anything except jokes. Yeah. And yeah. along those lines, well, I might the fact that the slap was real was actually more emasculating for Will Smith. Yeah. I might Go actually ahead. take the opposite uh, approach. I think it is certainly sustainable because the numbers, I mean, again, going back to the liberal women or that, the disparity between liberalness of women and the cons more conservativeness of men, that's not a sustainable cultural divide for long-term marriages. So even, and then you're going to have a bunch of women that hoe it up in their 20s, they're single in their 30s, they're still alive, they're still kicking and breathing, and of course, you know, misery and all that, but and of course, then you add the school system that cultivates this feminism again. So you have a fresh crop of customers coming in into the ideology. So it's not like unless you kill everything that creates the ideology, you're not necessarily going to kill the problem. You might get a market correction where things might revert back. But, you know, kind of like, you know, conservatism being uh, this the speed bump of liberalism. You're just going back to five years of liberalism, which I'm actually writing a satire that kind of touches on that subject. I mean, um, that's, a, that's actually an interesting thing that we should kind of like maybe debate a little longer while we're here, because you're, you're basically saying that this is going to grow because it's going to recruit more people into it uh, that are already existing in the liberal gene pool. I, and you're also saying that basically, if I'm reading you right, that there's enough weak men out there to let this happen to them. Well, the other thing is when you have that disparity, that's also going to feed into the porn problem. Because, I mean, you know, it used to be pornography was, you know, you couldn't get laid. So you, you know, got the Playboy and or went to a movie like Travis Bickle. Um, that was that used to be it. Now it's like you're basically being groomed with the pornography from basically childhood or to early, be into the cuckold early porn. Yeah, er, early puberty, like uh, eleven. I think the age is eleven for average exposure to pornography is eleven. So uh, Kanye West might have said something like that about himself. Uh, so when you do uh, that, yeah. So when you have that, you you're weakening the men, and then you're feminizing the women, especially via social media and the school system. So you're having a bunch of dudes that are weak, and again, they can't get girls, or they don't even want the girls. They're just settling for the porn hub. Well, I just think um, it reminds me of uh, the C.S. Lewis quote, we, we make men without chest and we expect from them virtue and enterprise. Um, we're, we're at a, I think we're at a pivotal moment where we've realized our error. Many people are waking up. They're saying, you know what? I mean, I think there's lots of women waking up and saying, I don't like the men that this culture produces. I don't like these weak men. 
And I think there's a lot of, of men saying, I don't like these baby killing skanky women that run around on you. I think so. So I, I, I won't. Uh, so, so I think you have a valid point. Well, I think it, those women you're talking about are just going to go harder into the feminism. Yeah. And so I would, you see yeah. that in the, you see that especially in like the black culture with the black matriarchy that the women that don't need no man, Jada that, Pinkett Smith, for instance, Yeah, that, you know, they, they've been burned over by men in the past or whatever it is, you know, you have all these broken homes. So you're actually, you know, they actually go harder into it. Yeah. I, I just think the pendulum swings, right. It's, in some ways it's reactionary, but I think we're finally getting a backlash to feminism. Uh, just e even in the Christian world, uh, the Christian world for the last 30 years. Uh, so I'm 41 now for, for my first 30 years, egalitarianism was the norm and you couldn't question it. It was sexist to do that. But now, now we're having a Christian patriarchy resurgence um, it's good to be a man is, is a book written by Michael Foster and non tenant. It's number it one. Well. It's number one in Christian men's, uh, category on Amazon. Um, and, uh, it's just grow. It's, it's surging in popularity. So I would say there is a, uh, a pendulum swinging the other way, which is encouraging to me. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I guess, I guess it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think it's going to, I think we're going to have a, I'm not sure I'm super convinced, uh, that feminism is in retreat or even in the church in retreat, because, you know, if the church is like a couple years behind the culture in terms of reacting to certain things, you know, mm -hmm. the church is still going down, doubling down on the me too movement with the Rachel Den Hollander theology, they're trying to peddle into the church. And uh, I don't, and then let's not even, you know, that, you know, that doesn't even get me started on the whole, let's excuse women for killing their own children nonsense that you're seeing out of the Southern Baptist convention specifically. But, you know, you see that in a lot of conservative commentators, Stephen Crowder, uh, you know, that pretend like the real pro-life position doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'm not well, super convinced that feminism is in its death rows. Well, I've seen the divergence. You're seeing the pages of rise of patriarchy, which I think is obviously, I would say it's predominantly fueled by men. Um, and then you're seeing the, again, the ultra feminist rise as well. And of course, so you're getting the split, which again, you're seeing in the you're seeing in the political landscape as well. I mean, well. Gen Z I is mean, the most polarized generation, and that's a good thing in my yes. opinion. Because if they weren't polarized, they'd be even worse. I guess I'm a I'm an optimist. I, I see what I see is feminism has reached its peak of insanity. So I just think it's it's it it has just I would say it has just plummeted into insanity. I mean it was slow rolling for decades, but right now hyper or, 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 you know, radical feminism is, is a grotesque, ugly thing. And I don't think it takes any argument because you can just go on YouTube or Twitter and watch women, you know, <laughs> watch them uh, like worshiping, 
at the altar of abortion. Like it's like a sacrament for them. And it's just, these women are nasty, nasty women. Um, we've got the MGTOW movement right now, men going their own way, um, which is to say men are on strike. Men are going on strike from these women and, and the patriarch. So what I'm saying is, I guess I'm seeing, um, to use a basketball metaphor, I feel like they had a good run. I feel like we're making a run now. Um, men are, I think, in the Christian world, at least on Twitter where I'm at, men are making great arguments, compelling arguments uh, for uh, Christian patriarchy. And that, that's the first time in my life where I've seen that. So the last... And and that's well, I don't know why, if you're making the argument. Oh. You're just actually reading what Scripture expressly says. <laughs> right, 5, right, 22. Right. We're just, but what? That's what I'm saying. We are, we're it. So, <laughs> so it's always been there, right? Uh, biblical patriarchy and, and and gendered piety has been the orthodox view of of the held by the church for two thousand years up until you know modern feminism came on the the the. the but, but what I'm saying is, even though it's always been there, it became taboo. You couldn't talk about it. You couldn't state the obvious. You couldn't say, you couldn't say about feminism that the king has no clothes on. That this is just a naked charade of foolishness. You couldn't say that. I also think it shows when women aren't happy or as a result of feminism. Yeah. And you know, meme culture is really breaking that down. Right. You have memes like, wait, you know we don't have to go to work and all we have to do is, you know, cook clean and have sex. And, you know, you wanted to work. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you I, still I just, do all I, those things. Yeah. You know, I, we just, I, we made things so much more difficult on ourselves with the yeah. whole, you know, dual income really hurt America. Uh, sending manufacturing jobs overseas in exchange for information age jobs really hurt America. Uh, and, you know, now we're lucky if we have information jobs because, you know, it's a lot of uh, gig economy. That's just so much better. So it's just insane uh, uh, what you're saying. And then uh, Pedro says, my pastor is one of the first wave feminism was good, but second wave and onward was bad types. And yeah, yeah and that's, that's yeah. just a normie take because all Very of it normal. is bad. Yeah. And you know, I like the quote by, you know, Joe Webin did it, did this in a sermon where he talks about how the worst people to women are women, because if you look at the result of the 19th Amendment, you know, there would not have been a there might have been one Democrat who would have been elected since 19th yeah. Amendment's uh, well, uh, ratification. Yeah, just look at how um, the, the voting breakdown is right now, men versus women. And and you see and why I, we have brought. I think that's going to get more broadened Yeah, because that's my takeaway. It's like the major political realignment in this country is those who believe in traditional gender roles and those who don't. Yep. It is masculinity and femininity versus effeminacy and androgyny. That is the political, that is the political landscape in this yeah. country. It's an ideological breakdown that's been politicized. So, right. Yeah. And, the other and thing it, yeah. Alpha chads might or alpha chads Giga tend to chads. gravitate towards other alphas. I mean, sharks hang out with sharks. They don't hang out with octopuses or whatever. So, 
that's why I think like an Elon Musk or Joe Rogan, that's why that's why I think they gravitate towards a Ron DeSantis is because they like that, you know, they like that masculine energy he's he's giving uh, Balansaro or whatever his name is in uh Brazil, you know, he Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, okay. And you know, he's basically he has the bravado and that's attractive specifically with anyone from that continent or uh, you know going up to the mexican border bravado works i don't want to say hispanic because i'm not sure how that works with uh brazilians but yeah well i i would say it's just it's strength you need to get octopusy off your mind But Bolsonaro and Trump, they gave strong leadership. It was decisive and it was, uh, it was fatherly. It was, they, they, they love their country. Trump loves his country, uh, or at least he convinced. That was the appeal with Trump. Like people say that that first debate performance that he had in 2020 was bad. No, Hispanics liked it. No, it's bad. I mean, but Hispanics liked it though. It worked with them. Well, fathers can be clumsy and goofy and, 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 and embarrass you in the things they say. But if you know they would, you know, if you know they're ready to go to bat for you, and that's what Eat Trump you out did. out of World War Three. Yeah, that's what Trump did with the economy. That's what he did with a, a lot of things. And that's what Bolsonaro does. And they're fighting against uh, a corrupt media, <laughs> probably at yeah, and apparently someone that's a criminal that's running for president. I mean, in in Brazil, they're so corrupt. Um, the guy that's winning and probably going to beat Bolsonaro if 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 they. Yeah, I, I hear the polls are at a dead heat now. Well, yeah, oh. but uh, the guy the guy that's neck and neck there is Lula. He, he he's been convicted of, of crimes and was in yes, prison. He just they, got out of jail. I mean, they got so clearly there's corruption and and to me there's just so little hope. And I, I kind of want to talk about this question. Like I like Carrie Lake, but she's a woman, so her becoming a governor is a sign of God's wrath upon the people of Arizona. Oh, there is somewhat of a Deborah thing going on here, where Deborah was installed as sort of a judgment on israel but in a rescuing sort of way mm-hmm. like it was at, in you know it was kind of a diss on the dudes of israel that god used her i mean so, i might i might sooner say it's it's uh sim culture and politics because let's be real uh tulsi gabbard um, now carrie lake is a highly articulate former weather lady or something well yeah like she, that, also news anchor. This, she also so she also kind of has this she has tv bravado which i think works exceedingly <laughs> well for her i'm and, not sure you know, i'm not sure i'd pull the deborah card on her just because she, she has a lot of contributors well i'm just talking about a formidable woman in leadership when you know theoretically we should be fighting you know you know again like i said if there wasn't a 19th amendment Democrats wouldn't and liberalism wouldn't have zero chance in this country. Mm-hmm. They would be so far outvoted that the Democrat Party as it currently exists would never exist. And the Republican Party would easily be split in two, ideologically speaking. So the, I'm not a but, I'm not a fan of women leaders in general. I'm grateful when they 
when they're there and leading, I'm grateful when they lead with uh, integrity and conviction and show courage, which we've had a number of women leaders do. Um, and that is like Deborah, uh, when, when a woman leads with biblical conviction and courage, um, but it's also, I think it's a rebuke to our culture because uh, Isaiah pointed out when, when a, in chapter three, when, when a nation is ruled by women and children, it is a judgment. It's a sign of weakness. Um, so I think, I think that that's a great indictment on our generation. We have, uh, I would say in the military and in politics, we we're just, uh, there, there's getting to the point where there's more, just as many women almost as men running for these offices. So, and you know, it just gets me thinking like about f female villains and, uh, uh, and movies or books or anything like that. Cause you, you look at the, the prime minister or whatever of New Zealand, and she's a celebrated millennial woman leader. And it's like, she's a nurse ratchet. She is nurse ratchet. I mean, Ken Keasley, I think that's the name of the author. He was a mastermind in creating Nurse Ratchet because that character is so real. The I'm here to help you kind of villain that's nurturing in a villainous sort of way. That is just, and that's kind of what happens with a lot of female leaders because she's a petty tyrant. Yeah. And that's what you can worry about. And you saw that with the lockdowns and the, female Republican leaders, K Ivy, mm -hmm. uh, and to a mo very minor extent, uh, Kim Reynolds. I'm trying to think of other governors, but I, I'm a little, uh, I think that, uh, on it, but there that, are that was a nurse yeah. ratchet complex. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hochul would be a nurse. Ratchet oh yeah. Complex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whitmer. Yeah. Well, it's like this. Look at Deborah for a minute. She she um, she she was in a time the scriptures say when everyone did what was right in their eyes right so right so it was a wicked time and the men were abdicating responsibility you had you had uh, Barack who wouldn't go to war unless Deborah went with him and she she understood her role because she rebuked him she said fine if that's how you want to play it but everyone's going to know that that a woman got the victory. So she shamed him by saying a woman will get the victory in battle, which is contrary to nature. God didn't design women to go to battle or to lead a nation into battle, but because you won't do your job, uh, you're going to be shamed. I'm going to be the one that they credit the victory to. I mean, now that you just said that, it just made me think of, I need to drop this hot take that, you know, Joan of Arc was a fraud and a heretic that did not receive revelation from God. And which is demonstrably or provably true when you look at the story of her life. She's a peasant girl that wanted to marry rich. There you go. She was a gold digger. Well, uh, well and she, she yeah. I believe she was betrothed to a prince or something like that as a result of claiming to have re revelation from God while France was on the turning point of the hundred years war. Like they were already kind of turning the tables on the English and she just, you know, was there for the ride and the morale boost. But I do believe like she had like false prophecies in her story or 
Yeah. Or visions that she described that were completely unbiblical, like like a heaven is for real type of thing. So, you know, again, not well, a Deborah thing. It, yeah. it was just false prophecy. Well, but but what I wanted to say about Deborah is on the back end of her ministry in chapter five, um, she did a good job. She she was a strong leader, but she's not trying to break glass ceilings so that women can flood into leadership. In fact, in chapter five, after the after her reign, she she kind of poetically rhapsodizes about what she wants in the future. And it's not women flooding in and taking the reins. She actually, if you read chapter five, she she longs for the day when the young princes will take the lead. So that's her vision for that nation is to see young men step up and take her position. She she's she doesn't see herself as breaking glass ceilings for women, but that's what you always hear uh, egalitarians say when you try to press them with a biblical um, paradigm for men and women. They say, what about Deborah? Well, what about Deborah? She, the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. She, what, what would Deborah say about herself? She wants well, the young the, men to do their job so she can go home and rock her grandkids to sleep. So why not the queen of Judah instead? What's that? The queen of Judah. <laughs> queen of Judah. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, the one that was briefly in power while Josiah was raised in the temple or something. It's something like that. Yeah. And they had yeah. to kill the woman and, then you get a guy there. And my for dogs years. were licking her corpse, or is that Jezebel? No, that's Jezebel. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was the yeah, one. Else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone else. Well, Maybe it's it, it's all it's bad Bible reading when you take some when you take a one-off descriptor and you use that to override the entire Bible's prescription. So so when God prescribes things, you can't take a descriptor uh, like Deborah. Queen to, Athaliah. See, see, yeah. I know my trivia. Yeah, there you go. Just not the uh, names. Well, really. I think Deborah is actually a really fantastic place to just kind of finish off because, you know, we're going back towards, you know, why we need dominion dating in the first place and why feminism bad and stuff like that. So uh, one last time, uh, I might as well say this now. Uh, if you really want to support Evangelical Dark Web, Evangelical Dark Web dot org slash join is where you can do that we have a patreon like system there that gives you access to more content behind paywalls and stuff like that um otherwise the socials are down there as well sign up for the newsletter or the telegram one or the other you can choose uh it's the same thing kind of where you can get uh daily uh emails in your inbox if you're into that by pass big tech censorship get the uh articles which contain the videos in your inbox each day or on Telegram. That's fine, too. Uh, and then, Anthony, your socials, I believe, are also in the description below. And Dominion Dating, also in the description below as well. Uh, anything else to say, lads? Um, if you believe in what Dominion Dating is doing and, you, and you've got deep pockets, we are looking to raise some funds to bring on a a new developer. So hit me up if that's you, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, then we'll leave off at that. Have a blessed day. Don't forget to hit the like button on your way out and uh, subscribe. If you stuck around this long, hit the bell. 
and the bell. Yes, the bell, the magical yeah. bell, which doesn't really work a whole lot. But yes. <laughs> All right. Take care. Appreciate y'all having me on. Good to know you, Anthony. Yeah. Right. Good to see you, man. Yeah.